Hey everyone, my name is Andrew Warner. I am the host of this here podcast, which is currently still called BitClout Jam, but will probably be called Deso Jam. Or who knows? Maybe I need a maybe a more generic name because who knows? They might change the name again, or maybe I want to expand beyond just Deso to talk about all the different platforms that have to do with this type of mechanism of creating a social network that also gives each creator on the network their own coin that's tradable. There's something here. It was called BitClout. It is called Deso. The podcast for now is still called BitClout Jam. Anyway, getting away from all that, we should focus on what's more important, which is today's guest is the guy who I think is the most prolific developer on the platform. I don't even know what I can learn from talking to him because I do feel like he's on a whole other level of creator but I'm hoping that he can come down to where I am on Earth, from wherever he is in the stratosphere. First of all, teach me about what he's developed for this platform, and then tell me what he's working on now, and then maybe show me what I could do in this decentralized social network that could be meaningful for me. All right, his name is Mubashar Iqbal. Most people do not know him that way. We all know him as Mubs. He is the creator of several platforms several pieces of software. The one that I know the most is um, Clout Rooms, which is basically like a clubhouse. Club no? Rooms. Club Rooms, excuse me, Club Rooms. Yes. <laughs> which is like Clubhouse for uh, the BitClout network. Um, but most recently, the thing that everybody's been talking to me about in private, he created uh, this, I guess it's called Mintable Generative NFTs, where he automatically creates NFTs Anyone was able to buy it for a short period of time, but they didn't know what they were getting. They just had to spend money, and then they would get this NFT, and they could be super rare, or they could be super fun and not that valuable. And there seems like there's something exciting there. All right, I want to find out how he did. Um, Mubs, good to have you here. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. I think you know, we're still very early in the story here. Um, and there's, there's, there is lots to learn. I'm still learning lots. It's, it's not like I know more than, more than others. Obviously I've experimented. Sure you do. Come on, don't put yourself down. Look, I'm going to be super (laughs) open with you. I think you're incredibly brilliant. You've what created about a dozen different apps for DSO about. Yes, I have. Okay. Right. Here's where I, where I wonder with you. Number one, I wonder why you're creating all these different apps. I'm guessing it's so you can learn, right? But I, yeah, I, want... I mean, yeah, yeah, it's I mean, it's an entirely new platform, right? We don't really know what's possible. We don't know what's what's even people have even th- thought of yet. Plus, we don't even know what's possible in terms of like what the APIs enable, what the pl- blockchain enables. Mm-hmm. So the the best we can do is push on it and see what we can and can't do. So when I first joined the uh, BitCloud back in March, like it was still a closed source piece of software they hadn't open sourced all the software it was still a very private api as well um so we were really just kind of poking and prodding and seeing what we could do without officially being told what we could do um and then eventually they they sort of opened the source code up and they opened up the api more officially and and had some documentation so we knew what was possible and what wasn't possible and then they opened up the source code so we could actually change things if there was features and functionality missing we could submit code and say we i I want this feature it's not here yet i would love to be able to do these kind of things as well um so so yeah still still trying to figure everything out but also trying to push things along where we want them to be as well now now that it is more of a community-based 
platform we do have an input we do have say in terms of where this thing is headed so but yeah so the best way to figure out what we want to do is to actually do it let's write some software let's 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 write some applications if we can't do it we can fix it so we can do it and uh, if we if we build it and we and it, and it ends up being shit we'll just scrap it and start again and we just keep we'll just keep I'm, writing more stuff i'm a little disappointed that your biggest financial hit was the one that you did with spookies the the nft and i'll talk later about why right. i'm i'm Yep. Disappointed also, the club rooms didn't blow up even more. Here's the thing that made sense to me about club rooms. If I have a creator coin on this platform, I need to give somebody who owns my coin some utility, some benefit to having my coin. Well, how do I do that? I could manually say, look, if you hold my coin, I'll get on a call with you and whatever, right? That's a pain. It's a lot of, lot of process to do. Or I could say, here's a tool. It's called club rooms. If you own my coin, you get access to the room. And now I'm giving you some benefit. And to me, it felt like this is the beginning of creators like me. I'm thinking of this as a platform where I get to create. Creators like me getting to give their coin holders a benefit, which then means more people will buy our coin. And since I get a fraction of every sale, that's great for me. I make some money from it, right? And I enrich all the people who believed in me early on because the more new buyers there are, the more valuable the coin is. And one example of someone who did it well was Roy Lahota. The only reason I own his coin was he said, come meet me in a club room. And I said, okay, I'm going to spend money just so I can learn how he's using it. Unfortunately, he happened not to be in the room when I, after I paid because <laughs> he, he was doing it, I think, all day or something, and I happened to catch him at a time right. or not. But I like the mechanics of it. It got me into his room, no yep. problem. Why did that fail or not fail? Why didn't that go bigger? Why didn't that become such a huge well, use case that, it, that that would make you stop everything else? Yeah, I, I mean, and to be clear, I mean, just so we're just to, to, to clarify, there's, there was a few different attempts at this. Like we we built club rooms. There was a thing called Jam Clout as well, and and a few others. So club rooms officially still hasn't really launched yet. Officially, we've got some some test people in there kind of making some rooms and, and kind of things like that so that's probably why okay. it hasn't really exploded yet because it's not fully publicly available yet um part of that was that. because yeah part of that is just because we, I, I was still waiting and the rest of the team you know we were waiting on some changes from the bitcloud platform and things like that so we're still we're still waiting for features and functionality that we think we need before we can fully launch and fully realize the platform as we kind of wanted. Like it. what? What's a feature that um, you need? Well, just like we were, we were building this whole thing with you know how do you tip inside of the room? So we had you know when you used to d d diamond things on Bitcloud, and then they changed the mechanism from diamonding your credit coin to now you d d d diamond the actual coin itself and things like. So there was just a lot of stuff in flux. And things that weren't quite like, okay, like what are we building? Like exactly what are we Why do you need it? Diamonding for people who don't like know is it's a tipping mechanism on DSO. It's a why do you why do you need that? So so the idea was that if you're in a club room and and you're 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 talking to you know, you're kinda of listening to somebody speaking and there's, you know, sort of eight or nine other people in, in the room with you and somebody says something really insightful, something really interesting, you want to reward them for having having shared that information with you. So so we so we built a so we were building a mechanism inside of the club room. So just like if you're in Clubhouse and you're listening to somebody and somebody says something amazing and you're like that's that's uh, that's just an amazing thought I want to be able to say no, I, I understand just, the, I understand the right. value of it. Why do you need it in order to launch? Yeah. 
I, I like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we needed it to kind of launch. We were trying to build a, a complete platform, and that was probably our fault in terms of like we wanted to build okay. it and have because we, we, in some ways, we wanted parity with what you could do on BitCloud itself, right? So you could, if Sony makes a post on 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 BitCloud. And, and, you know, again, it's something that you like and so you want to be able to diamond it. If somebody says something in a room, you you want to have the same kind of feature parity there as well. Okay. All right. I'm kind of with and like you said, then. That may have just been, that may have been something. We, we could have launched a much leaner, cleaner version of the, of the application and okay. then continue to add features to it. That was probably our bad. Got it. <laughs> okay. So it's not that this whole mechanism wasn't working for you of, of creating software for rewarding uh, people who own creator coins. It's just that you guys decided you were going to add much more than you needed, than maybe you needed to. Like, I think yes, you're doing video, probably. not just audio, where Clubhouse yes. had just audio, right? Okay. All right, then of all the software, what's the one that did the most, that, that got the most usage? Um, so the one that's still, I, I, I check, I get an email every day from, I built this thing called BitCloud Recap. And so I think it's about four or 500 people signed up for it. And every, every night you get an email which says, this is what happened to your BitCloud account over the last 24 hours. Like in terms of, um, you know, how, or yeah, just like what's your cr cr creator coin worth? Uh, you know, how much has that changed? Um, um, and and uh, yeah, and how many followers do you have? And things. so it just sends you like a summary every day of like what your BitCloud account kind of looks like every day. Got it. Um, and and so yeah, so that one I launched probably you know thirty days into the site, uh, into being on the platform, and people still sign up for it, and people and still and people still receive the email every day. <laughs> so it's kind of you know what? I was gonna I I was gonna sign up for it. There's now a five hundred server error on it. It's just not working. Uh, Yep, and that's probably just because they've made a lot of changes to the API recently. Okay. Um, so I will I will get that working again. <laughs> All right, what's another one that did well? Um, uh, so, yeah, I think that the first one I, I launched, which really, you know, kind of helped me. Um, and again, I don't know, even know if this one's working, but this one is working. If you go to BitCloud Follow, um, that was something that... Um, we are when people uh, you signed up for a new social media platform and you don't know who to uh, who to follow. Like, who do you follow when you join this new kind of pl platform? Mm -hmm. um, so I built I built a site that started people could submit themselves and say which which topics they were interested in. And so if you were if you were joining BitCloud new and you were like, okay, I don't know who to follow here, you could come here to find out who had similar interests to you. That one did really well. Okay. Um, and then, and then, yeah. Most more recently, you know, since the sort of NFTs have come out, I've I've started to explore a little bit more about sort of NFTs on sort of on the platform. And so, yeah. So yeah, we can talk about it now. We'll, talk about it in, in, right, we'll get into bit. NFTs in a minute. Before we, the yep. transition that I see in my mind from the software to NFTs is, at some point, you got a little bit frustrated with the platform, and you were open about it. And yep. I think part of it was in one of the past episodes of this podcast, I expressed some frustration and or and one of my guests did too, or a few of them did. And you said, yeah, I am also like dealing with some issues here. And I like that you're willing to be open without being negative, where you're just putting the whole thing down and saying this stinks. Talk about some of the frustrations you've had with the platform. Well, I, I mean, I think part of the frustration I've had is that it, it is I mean, it's it's still 
it's still unclear. I mean, I think we, we've kind of touched on it already a little bit in terms of like, how exactly do you as a creator, you know, make make financial gain, right? Like, so mm -hmm. when, when, when I first joined the platform, it was all about buy your own creator coin and the value of your holdings will co-op, right? Like the sort of the, the coins that you're holding because you bought first because of the way that the bonding curve works. You know, you bought right at the beginning, things are really cheap. And then as other people buy, the sort of coin that you're holding uh, becomes more valuable. And so in theory, your portfolio is increasing in, in, in value. But then there's this whole... Um, there's this whole feeling on BitCloud that you're not actually supposed to sell your own creator coin because it, yeah, because you're now going to rug the people that bought after you. Uh, you're going to do rug pulling as it's called. Right. And then I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, well, if I'm buying my own coin and it's going up in value, but I can't sell it, what's the point? Like, what is the literally, what is the point of holding my own coin if I can't sell it? And so if you're not if you're not allowed to buy and sell your own coin and make money just like everybody else is, it seems a little bit strange that 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 that's that's the primary mechanism for for people to to, to kind of make money on the platform. Um, and then also, you know, people were people were talking about well, you can make money through founder reward as yeah, well. Yeah, to me so that when felt like your coin. so. Just to be clear, that I kind of understand it. You buy your own coin. Uh, Maybe you don't sell it because if you do, you, you reduce the value for everyone else. But fine. Whenever somebody else buys your coin, if you set a founder reward of 10%, that means every future purchase of your coin, you get 10% of. As long as you keep growing the coin value, you're going to make money. If The problem I see is there's not an incentive for people to own the coin. Why should you buy my coin? Right. 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 And, and, and also how much, right? Like if somebody's buying a hundred bucks with your coin, you're making 10% of that. You're making 10 bucks of that. What does that matter? How many people are buying your coin? Is that really going to significantly move the needle that you can stop working on everything else and you can kind of focus on, right. on that, right? Like it's at, so, at some point, maybe if the platform gets large enough that that's, that's like an okay math equation. But right now it's not because it's just not enough money that it's going to be, it's going to incentivize people to stop everything else that they're working on as well. So um, so I, yeah, at some point maybe those economics work, but but again at ten percent, I think that's going to take you a really long time to to get those equations or you know all that economics to work. And if you raise your founder reward a little bit more than that, if you make it twenty percent, twenty five percent, which to me seemed fairly reasonable, but again people are like, well that's too high. And I'm well, like, well I get it you know, because it? if they're if they're paying the money, why do they why do they only get seventy five percent of the value because you take twenty five percent of it? You know what? This is maybe a stupid question, but why does it have to be this bonding curve? Why can't it just be Mubs gets on the platform, we give him 100 coins or 100,000 coins. Everyone who buys it has to buy it from him and depletes his 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 number of coins. And 100% of the money goes to Mubs and maybe, maybe even a small percentage goes to the platform. So maybe 99% goes to you, 1% goes to the platform for executing the trade of buying it from you. At some point you decide I don't want to sell anymore or I'm going to sell it for a higher value. Great, you sell for a higher value. But why does it have to be that they make the coins, that they create coins whenever somebody wants to buy it and you only get a fraction of that? Why? Is there, there yeah, must be I'm a reason for it. It's just, I mean, it's just that how do you, how do you, how do you figure out what a fair price is? You do. You like, um, you decide, look, I have a right. hundred thousand coins until I get down to a thousand coins. I'm going to sell them for a buck a piece. And then when I get to a thousand coins, I'm going to sell them for a hundred dollars a piece. I don't know. Some, but you get to decide. You just put a price on it. 
Right, and I think that works for people like me who are active on the platform. And now you've got a, but you've got a bunch of celebrities and things that people want to buy coin in who aren't even active on the platform. Elon Musk and you know those big wigs, right? Right. Like, so then you don't get that. How but do you set the price on those? Right. Maybe what you do is you say, look, we we don't have any prices. There's a wait list. Look at all the people who want to buy his coin right. at this price. They've committed to buying it at this price. If he decides to accept it at that price, great. If not, no. Right. Like, in fact, it could be you listing in for sale for a certain amount. You get 100,000 coins when you sign up for the platform and you get to list it for a buck a piece. Or you say, just make me an offer and I'll accept all the offers. It makes sense. Everybody gets to make me an offer. Great. That that would work. And, and then you get 100 percent of the think, money. I think I think people have tried those kind of models in, in other platforms. And yeah, I, th I think it can work, but it's, there's just a lot more work involved. Right now, now you have to manage how many coins, you know, how many coins have you got when you started? How many coins do you have left? How many have you sold? What the price is on all of those? Understanding the cap table becomes a little bit more complicated as well. Um, and then, yeah, just I think it just adds like a management layer on top of things that having a bonding curve just kind of ignores because you can just buy and sell when whenever somebody wants to. Because that's the other question is like, how does somebody sell who's got your coin, right? Like if let's say somebody came to me and they purchased my, I said, okay, you can have a coin at ten cents a piece. Here's here's like a thousand coins you can have. Now they own those coins, right? So can they only sell them back to me or can they sell them to somebody else? And how do they decide what the price is that they can sell them at? And so it gets really complicated in terms oh, I of see. like you're saying that with the bonding curve, and we should explain what that is. Well how do you explain yes. what the bonding curve is? So a bonding curve is is a replacement for a, a market maker. So when you have the stock market, there's somebody in charge of setting what is the bid and the ask price mm -hmm. of a particular stock, or in this in this case, a particular creator coin. So they 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 look at how much people are asking to buy and how many people are asking to sell, and they and they move the market based on on how many people are looking to buy and sell, and that's kind of how you set the market price. With things like creator coins, when there when there isn't that high of a de demand or is, isn't that much of activity to kind of warrant having somebody set what the market is, which is kind of what we were talking about a little while ago. Like I was effectively playing the market maker at that point saying, this is the price of what my coin is currently. And if you want to buy it, this is the price. And if, uh, and if you want to sell it to me, this is what I will pay you for it. So you're kind of acting as the market maker. Uh, with the bonding curve, you don't have a market maker. A bonding curve just says... As as the number of coins in circulation goes up, the price of those coins will increase as well. And then as people sell, it moves back down the bonding curve, so it gets cheaper as as the number of coins in circulation uh, okay. comes d d d down. Things get cheaper, and so it's kind of like an automatic market maker. Okay. Um, but it's but it's but it's but it's priced on a curve because as you sell more, you want the as yeah, you know, as 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 somebody becomes more popular, the price of the coin becomes more expensive. Is kind of the the, the way that it works out. Got it. Okay. And so, without the bonding curve, using the hundred thousand coin example that I have, somebody needs to stand by and be ready to buy it, or else there's not a right. market. There's just yes. Got it. People holding coins. All right. I I guess I get that then. All right. Yeah, and 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 eventually, thing. Yeah, eventually, if something gets popular enough, the same thing happened with with the actual platform itself, right? Like, so when the early investors bought into Pick Cloud, they were buying on the bonding curve of the actual coin it of of the yeah. of the Deso coin itself. 
now that we've got a little bit more popular, now we actually have um, uh, on the the Ascend Marketplace and on Blockchain.com, where Blockchain is effectively acting as a market maker now. And and so if somebody wants to buy and sell the coin, they can go to an actual exchange now and do it instead of instead of buying it on the ponding curve instead. You know what? I have still not sold a single DSO and exchanged it back for U.S. dollars. Me neither. <laughs> Maybe that's the thing I should try this week, just to confirm, because people have said to me that you can't you can't get cash out of it because in the beginning you couldn't get U.S. dollars back, right? You could only put U.S. dollars in and get the lo- the currency of the platform, which at the time was called what Clout, and now it's called DSO. Yeah. And yep. I've said, wait, it's going to happen. These people are not ripping you off. Now that it's happening, I've never gotten U.S. dollars back to prove that it can happen. If you're, depending on what, what state you're in, uh, it might not still be possible. <laughs> is that right? Uh, b- b- blockchain is not supported in every state of the of, of the country yet. So um, so it might not still be possible. If you're in t- Texas or California, I think it is. Okay. Um, but I'm in New York, so I can't yet. So I'm waiting for the... Coinbase listing, which is when I'll be able to do that. <laughs> I had no idea. Yes. Wow. We all right, and there's no no plan yet for Coinbase to to list them. Um, I, they haven't announced any plans officially. It was meant to be in October, is kind of what they had said, but I I think it may be um it may be like a, another month or so yet. I think is is still kind of officially. We still we yeah we still officially don't have any word yet. Okay, so maybe for this experiment you know every one of these episodes i want to do an episode learn something and then go use the thing that i learned maybe now what i could do is at least get one us dollar back out so that i understand the process and i could both say yes it's possible but also explain it's possible but you can't do it in certain states and there's this fee and whatever i I need to understand the nuances so that could be one all right you know what i want to get into nfts before we do i should say I sold an NFT myself, and the NFT gave whoever held it uh, a mention on uh, the podcast that I record at the time they hold it. Today I'm recording with you. It's still, as far as I understand, the Creator Fund still holds my NFT. What is the Creator Fund? You know more about them mobs than I do. I don't even know why they wanted to buy this. Yeah, so Creator Fund has been around on the platform for a while. Um, but they're, Since the they're very beginning, pretty much since almost the beginning um and so yeah they 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 just are uh are, they've been investing in a lot of active creators right from the beginning uh purchasing their coin coin holding it um they i mean they're they're acting like little venture capitalists just uh, effectively finding people who are on the platform who who they think will be valuable in the f- future in some cases they buy a few hundred bucks of uh, of, of everybody's coin in some cases they buy a lot more um, and so, yeah, they've they've just been in uh, sort of on the platform for a while uh, and, and being pretty active. And so they're, they they invested in me. They bought more of my coin than anybody else. And they're just hoping that I become more popular on the platform. My coin becomes more valuable. And then the money that they invested grows. That's the thing that they're doing. Yep. Yep. And then I get a percentage of that sale. You get a percentage because... of that sale because of your founder reward. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, that's nice for me. I also feel like, oh, that's a lot of pressure for me because if somebody invested in me, I want them to get value back out of it, right? I don't want their number. Their- well, and then, and and also, them. if you held any of your own coin b- b- before they purchased any right. any coins that you held, has now increased in value as well. So, right, that's that's also the upside on that side of things as well. All right, I need to get some good talking points from Creator Fund. I will just say that. Uh, 
I'm, I'm going to mention right now, Creator Fund V3, because they still own my my NFT. <laughs> and if I do this for the next 100 years, which knowing me, I tend to continue doing stuff, <laughs> they're going to get a spot in every one of them. Can you imagine old man Andrew? And I sold a Creator <laughs> NFT back then. <laughs> creator Fund. Yet another. Oh, who that knows? Was... Maybe it'll be some random thing. Please, Creator Fund, don't send this to, don't sell this to some porn anything. Please, just like <laughs> sell it to somebody who I could talk about. And that right. was that was why when when I first saw it, I was like, Andrew, you way undersold this in terms of like what the what the resale uh, value. So when 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 an F, when an NFT is is resold by whoever owns it, there's a percentage that you can allocate that gets sent to the person who created it originally, yes. or you can also send a percentage to the people who hold your coin uh, uh, as well. And so when yes. when I saw you, the percentage, I was like. Andrew, you way you way skewed that wrong. Like it, you know, having Creator Fund have that upside of both being on the podcast every every week, every month, uh, you know, exactly, and then also have the have the resale value as well. I thought, uh, I thought, ah. I thought it should be switched around so that you got more upside when they resold. Right, you're saying that maybe what I should have done was say whenever they whenever they resell it, I get thirty percent of the resale value. That way, I have more money coming in in the future. Otherwise, now that I get only ten percent, in the I'm basically locked out of more money coming out of this unless this thing just gets traded and traded and traded. And frankly, I don't think that there's a value for them doing it. They're more likely to say, Andrew, can you mention this other company that we invested in? And so that's right. how they're going to get more value instead of selling it. All right, that's a good that's a good point. Um, but then I also didn't say what I would say about them, right? I could just <laughs> mention them at the very end. To me, I think that they they overpaid because this is a tiny podcast about a tiny platform, right? If Diso was huge, if this podcast was well, huge, great. But you're saying right one now, day will yes. Be. Do you know what I noticed? One day. Everybody on this platform has got this cult-like zealot belief in it. <laughs> like one day I interviewed Doodles like – I tell him, but Doodles, you're spending all this time as an adult calling yourself Doodles. You're making very little money. He goes, but think about it. Now there are only 5,000 people. I go, doesn't it suck that there are 5,000 people? He goes, no. If there are 50,000 people, I'm going to make 10 times as much money. I go, dude, yeah, if there are a billion times more people, maybe if. you're going to make a billion times more money. But like, can you be realistic right now and say this is a problem that there are not a billion people or, or that there's not more than 5,000 people on the platform? He goes, no, that's just the beginning. We're on the path. I, I think to me it's 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 always been is the technology transformative and and to me it is in that one this is probably for me and a lot of other people this is my first use of blockchain technology not just for the sake of oh it's a ledger so I can buy and sell some coins right, right. like I'm actually using blockchain technology for something that isn't just blockchain technology so the fact that we're using social media and we're putting posts on there and comments and likes and follows and things are all going onto the blockchain that to me is is a transformative um uh, experience that we're that it's it's a tr transformative uh protocol and a shift that we're going to see from from the web two as people have been calling it in terms of twitter and facebook and all those kind of things up to web three now which is this idea of putting things putting software and applications onto the blockchain now whether dso is is the platform that wins that and 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 becomes the predominant player in the space we don't know yet but i haven't seen any real competition yet that i would think that you know that they're going to get that they're going to get p in this space yet 
um mm. and so even if you're early even if the likelihood is that 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 is that it's not them the, the way that i've been seeing it as well is that i spent the last 10 years on twitter and yes i've amassed a following of a you know 10 12,000 people on on twitter and things like that um I've I've got more value out of being on BitCloud already in the six months that I'm on it than the last ten years that I was on t- 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 Twitter. You know, in that point, you're absolutely right that it is transformative in the sense that with everything else, there's a sense of yeah, you own Bitcoin because if the government ever devalues money or if they ever pub, to, then you're going to be safe. I go. Yeah, one day maybe I might. Who knows? But here you're right. Today there's utility today. And that's why I get excited about what's going on on DSO today. And it a little frustrates me when when uh, Nader, uh, the creator, says this thing is coming next month and people on the platform keep saying, Andrew, wait, next month is going to be big. Next week they're about <laughs> to launch something. Like, dude, just – Right now, there's something good. Quit like with this fantasy of what's going to happen next month that's going to finally open this up to everybody. Let's just concentrate on what's here now and use this. Um, and so what what is here now is interesting and it's useful. And I do also believe what you've kind of touched on, which is this may not be the platform. This This frankly may have just innovated something that's not. And here's what else I like about it. It's a very easy way to experiment with stuff that you can go beyond. So I did this NFT for for BitClout Jam on the BitClout network. It took me a freaking second. Going yep. on OpenSea and spending money on OpenSea, I want to freaking punch my iPad. I, I want to throw it in the garbage. And then I go on the laptop and I realize, oh, it works on the laptop better, but, so it's meant for this. But then I need to make sure that I've got my this mask and I got that wallet. Go, God, no, forget it. So yep. at least very quickly I get to experiment. And maybe I do then take this on OpenSea, on the Ethereum blockchain, right. and do a Mixergy mention forever that I sell with a different percentage based on what I learned. So it does make it easy yes. to to do stuff that maybe I expand onto the bigger platform in the future. Yeah, and I think I think that's the other thing. I don't think BitCloud again. I don't think this is a zero sum game, right? Like just because Twitter, just because BitCloud succeeds, doesn't mean that Twitter will shut down, and doesn't mean Facebook will shut down. Just like you've got Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and all those other ones, right? Like there's room for one more, right? Like in terms of you know something that enables something that is kind of similar but not exactly the same right the fact that you can experiment with nfts on the platform the fact that you can tip really easily and and you can have a chain that can follow you from apple or you can have a social graph that follows you from application to application really easily you know that might be something that 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 something that there's 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 reasons that people hold on to it and it will be a thing and it may not be as big as everybody says it is but it doesn't have to be as big as everybody says it is it doesn't have to be a fifty thousand you know dollar coin for for this to be a success right like even if it got up to the point where it was like a thousand bucks a coin that that's still in terms of being early and being invested in this early you you still see huge returns there and and a platform that you can use for the the next 20 years as well all right you've told me you got more benefit out of uh, BitCloud slash DSO than you did out of Twitter. How much money are we talking about here? Uh, well, as we, as we as we mentioned, I haven't been able to get anything off of the platform yet because you know because I live in New York and and so there's the 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 exchanges that are there uh, don't support New York. 
but uh, I will say I put in I think about three hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin to to kind of seed myself on the platform, mm-hmm. um, and it's all probably in terms of portfolio paper worth. It's worth over a hundred thousand now. And if you wanted to get money out, how much do you think you could get out? Like I, I guess. The money outside of your creator coin is the part that you could take out without any issues. How much would you be able to get out? Um, there's probably across the different projects that I have, there's probably thirty, forty thousand bucks that I could t- take out if okay. if I could. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Oh yeah. If they if you move to a state that was supported. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Right, that's fair. Yeah. Considering that it's a small yeah. platform, been around for less than a year, you're experimenting, yep. they're experimenting. All right, and the biggest benefit for you came so far from Spookies, right? Yes. Because with Club Rooms and the other software, yes, your coin value is going up, and then your your uh, oin of those your your value, the value of your ownership of those coins is big, and that's where a lot of your money is. With um, Spookies, you actually get cash into your wallet, or at least decelerate yeah, your so- wallet. You get DSO into your wallet, um, and and yeah, and also own some of the Spookies coin as well to add some extra value there for the long term, hopefully as well. <laughs> All right, so Spookies was if, on, on BitCloud. The platform allowed anyone to take any post, hit a button, and turn it into an NFT that people who are on the platform can buy and then keep uh, in their uh, NFT collection. What did Spookies yes. do with you that was so freaking revolutionary that people said, watch what Mubs <laughs> is doing? Well, so the the main problem with with NFTs on BitCloud is that it's a very manual thing right now, right? Like you, um, so you have to go, you have to go make the post, you have to go, to, you have to go push a few things to convert that post into an NFT. And then you have to start an auction and then somebody else asks to come and say, okay, I bid X amount on this particular NFT. And then you have to go and accept that bid. So it's a very long and time consuming process and exactly how do you close the auction and how do you decide, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff. It, it's just, it's a very time consuming process. And if you're doing one, it's a time consuming process. If you've got 20 or 30 or 40 uh, it, it will take you weeks to kind of do that in, in some cases. Now, with in the case of Spookies, we had 500 images that we wanted to be able to turn into NFTs and sell them. So, so to do all that manually would have taken weeks and months, more than likely, if we were doing it manually. To what? Uh, just to, to create to go all the different images? And this is a Spooky is like a zombie cartoon. So you're saying to create all those right. different images would have taken a long time. Well, not just create the image, but to to create oh, the post and then to convert right, that into an right, NFT right. and then to auction that NFT yeah. and then wait for people to bid on it. And now you close the auction. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it would have just taken months to kind of go through the process. It's the process that people like Cloutpunk have been doing for the last few months because that's their own, that's the only option that they had. Because when when NFTs first launched, this that was the only way that you could do an NFT on, on the TSO platform. Yeah. Um, what I did so they're was manually, I wrote. Sorry, they're they're manually dr- creating these uh, pixelated artworks. Then they're manually posting it on uh, yes. DSO. And then if I yes. buy, they manually have to accept it. Which, by the way, that is such a pain in the neck. I I yes. didn't realize it worked that way. I I don't know why they set it up that way. If I sell an NFT there with uh, as an auction, I should be able to say close the auction at this time and have it automatically close. Right. And I, I understand that maybe they want me to be able to approve who I buy, but they could still close it yes. out and then let me approve it within 24 hours. Okay, got it. So you're saying up yes. until now, 
all of that was manual. What did you do that was different then? Yes. Yeah, so so uh, I worked with uh, Jackley on the platform. Uh, he he runs Bit Bit Hunt and a few and Polygram and a few other uh, uh, sort of apps as well. So he was the one who he was the artist on on the project. So he created essentially all of the bits of the of the artwork that we talked about in terms of the sort of zombie like spooky like you know sort of spooky halloweeny type uh, artwork um and then so i wrote some software that took all the different attributes of those artworks so the different color backgrounds the different faces the different eyes noses all that kind of fun stuff and actually programmatically created 500 pieces of artwork um so that was the first bit um, and then the second bit is that now that you've got these 500 pieces of artwork, we actually have both the artwork and the traits that each piece of artwork has. So you know from each each uh, each piece of artwork which color background it's got, which which type of face it's got, what kind of nose it's got, what kind of eyes it's got. So we've got those two bits of information. And so once we've got those two bits of information, now we actually want to actually be able to sell that piece of artwork and the information that kind of makes up that that piece of that that particular nft so i wrote the software if you went to mint.spookies.cc you can log in with your dso account and then basically you 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 paid uh you paid half a coin to purchase a spooky but you didn't know what it was going to look like you had no clue of which one of those 500 that you would actually end up owning um and then the software would pick out a pick at random one of the 500 that hadn't been sold yet it would make a post on the on on the blockchain it would convert that post into an nft and then it would transfer that nft to the person who was logged in um and so it basically automated that whole process of of making these nfts and so we sold 500 spookies in in what we could have done it oh, I, I ran into some issues with the software didn't quite work exactly how i was hoping and stuff but basically within 48 hours we had sold 500 spookies and when somebody got one that's rare like i see is it david howe who owns the rarest yes. one what makes it yes. rare so based on those attributes that I talked about in terms of like the different like the different color backgrounds, the different color faces, the different kinds of bodies and all those attributes, those are all used a mathematically uh, controlled amount of times. So you can you ah. can look at the c c c collection and say that particular face is only used three percent of the time. That that eyes ah. is only used sixteen percent of the time. So based on the the amount of times each one of those traits is used, you can build a score uh, for how rare uh, a, a a a specific spooky is. Okay, so now that people have it, that's incredibly clever. Yes. What what do they get beyond the fact that on their on their DSO account, they get to show that they own it in their gallery. Yeah, I mean, it's it's much like any other NFT, just like, you know, on, on, on Ethereum and people are buying Lazy Lions and crypto punks and yeah. and all these other ones as well and it, it's the same question that people ask and and right now i think i think the question is it's just one it's it's a cool looking piece of art some people like the art i mean i think it's, i think it looks pretty awesome as well um but people are actually like now they're kind of forming gangs <laughs> with the spookies as well so based on you owning one of these now you're a member of the robot gang there's i think there's only like nine spookies that had the the the, the particular robot skins 
Um, and so now they're forming little sub communities now where where they're. But they're, they they're manually co- um, have to do it. If they have it, they, they manually, manually get to go and do that. And but there's nothing like there's no automated group that you create or access to. Uh, to so we are working on that. So that is are. something that we'll be adding soon. We're going to be adding a Discord group uh, or a server. Sorry, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, we're gonna put some. L- Basically, you will log in to the Discord server, and then based on what NFTs that you own, you'll get access to specific channels within that particular server based on the things that you're holding. So one, you would have to actually hold a spooky just to get into the server entirely. And then if you hold a robot spooky, you will get access to a specific channel as well. Um, This morning, actually, so somebody, uh, Illuminati, who um has has some nfts he's he's running the crypto kitties nfts as well he did an airdrop this morning to anybody who owned a robot spooky they got a a a robot uh crypto kitty airdrop to them as well and this is not something that we did this was just somebody in the community who thought the spookies were really cool and so he wanted to do something uh to kind of help uh, to, to to reward people i guess who are also mm-hmm. into spooky as well so uh so you got airdropped a new nft uh just for holding a robot spooky as well and he manually is doing it right there's no automated way to do that no no, no I, believe, through- yeah, I believe he He's going through, see who owns them, and he's uh, he's he's created a new NFT and and s- sent it to everybody as well. What do you think is going to be the long term value of this? Like, I, I think for you, the the long term value is if they become more valuable and people buy and sell them, you get a percentage of every future yes. purchase, and then the people who own a Spooky's coin get a percentage of it too, right? Yes. Um, yes. But long term, where do you think this is going? I, I feel like it's going to be more than just the garbage pail kids of our generation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of it is collectibles, and and you know, we may not understand that as you know, as 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 slightly older people on the platform in terms of why are people buying aliens and spookies and things like that. But part of it is, you know, part of it is just the fact that you're buying something that is unique and holds holds value just by 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 the virtue of what it is i think longer term though not you know maybe not spooky specifically but sort of nfts in general will become a way of it's kind of a proof of ownership almost right like you've bought a percentage of something right right now we we created 500 spooky so in in so in essence there's 500 things that could be owned that have this spooky name and so in the future i think the fact that you can control uh access to things based on the fact that somebody has an nft in their wallet uh i think is going to be start to be the really interesting things in terms of you know, there, there will be an overlap between the physical world and the sort of online world in that in that case like in, in some cases you'll be able to get into a physical space there'll be a, a club or a or uh, you know some kind of physical venue that you can only get into when you own a specific NFT. Things like that, I think, are going to start to happen. I think you're. I think you're right. I kind of thought that would happen with the Creator Coin on Deso, but I feel like with an NFT, it's probably going to happen. Like there was Andy Arts, one of the investors um, in in BitCloud in the early days. He threw out this random message once on BitCloud where he said. I'm thinking of buying an apartment and letting anyone who owns my coin get to use it. 
Now, yes. that was such an interesting idea that I started thinking about how do I do that? How do I, like, he, I think he just threw that out randomly, and I don't think yeah. he intended to follow up, but it was just an ex- <laughs> a mental experiment. I thought maybe this is something I could pick up and run with. And then I couldn't make the math work on it because you'd have to buy right. my coin and I don't get enough money from it. Yes. But if I say anyone who owns my, um, my NFT gets a night at this house that I have, yep. now it becomes kind of interesting. And if I could show off the experience that people have when they come over, it would make it it would make it more valuable for somebody to go and buy it or to sell it. You know, that I feel like there's something in here. Like, how about this? This is just a rant. Well, no, you're going to go somewhere with it, Mubs. I want to hear from you. I was, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I think the reason that credit coin, it, it didn't work with the credit coin is because it's a one-time purchase, right? Uh, it, I don't think it, it really works there because one, well, one, you don't know how many people own your coin, right? So there could be thousands of people that own your coin. So you don't have any control over how many of the tokens you're putting out there. With the NFTs, you can really limit that. You can say there's only going to be a hundred of these and and only the first 50 people who use it can actually, you know, have access right. to it and things like that. And you can also set the price, right? Like it, it, we talked a little bit earlier about you having 100,000 coins and you can set the price in terms of if somebody wants to buy your coin. That's literally what happens with the NFT. You can say, I'm going to mint 1,000 of these and I want them to be cost 100 bucks each, right? Like you can set the price and you can set the market for it. So if you wanted to have this kind of experience that you wanted to sell where somebody gets a 30 minute call with you, you can say like, that's gonna be 100 bucks. And that's what the cost of the NFT is. Right. Um, and so right. you can do those kind. Of, so that specific pricing and that specific one-time use even and things like that become much easier with with NFTs. Also, you can have like, so, you know, kind of multiple long-term f- f- value as well. So if it's just selling and you buy the thing and that's it, I don't think it's as interesting because then I could just sell, you know, sell the, sell the thing. It's only if there's a reason why it would become more valuable or less valuable in the future that I think the NFT makes sense. So for example, if I were to do something where I say, you can come into the club every night if you buy if you own an NFT. But as soon as you come into the club, you have to burn the NFT by passing it on to us, and then you're in. I think that's interesting. If we can show that the club is so interesting that people keep having fun experiences, if we have them talk about it, then the people who are holding on to it and not using it till later, so they could resell it, have a value in holding on to it because they basically invested in this thing that they believe right. is going to be more valuable in the future once you get to see it. So if I could this, say, for example, uh, let, let me think this part through with yeah. you. Imagine I buy some land here in Austin, right? This is just a random thing. I'm not looking to do it. But imagine I buy some land here. And I say, I'm going to put houses on this land. This is going to be BitClout land or whatever, or Andrew <laughs> Warner land. Right. I'm putting some, some of these Dwellios on it. I'm going to, in order to fund my acquisition of the land, I'm going to sell you access to living on this land. As long as you own this, you get a day. And if you own this other one, you, own, you get a week. What you're basically right. doing is you're funding my ability to turn this land into some kind of fun community, and then you are believing that it's going to be worth more when people get to see it than when it's just now in my yeah. imagination, and as someone comes in and gets hosted and I show photos of the fun experience that they're getting and who they get to hang out with around the fire, if you don't use yours yet, it's going to be even more valuable, 
Right there, or I think there's something it. to that. Yeah, or, or you can or resell you it can and it's more valuable. Resell it and it's more valuable. Yes. Right. Um, yes. So there's one other bit of this that I think is interesting that that people don't really think about a lot. Right. It's the fact that this is fully decentralized. Right. Like this this information is stored on the blockchain. So. Okay anybody so right now like like you said you could you could just go and you know just set up a stripe account you could go sell whatever you wanted to somebody right mm -hmm. but how do you know that that person still owns that thing that they paid you for like how do you know that they still truthfully own that? here here's where here's where i find a little right. bit frustration with uh with the cryptocurrency blockchain mm -hmm. people how do you know anything? It's not that hard. I write it down and you know that it's here and so no, no, you but, say but yeah but andrew of, can here, if I, right, but if in terms I of like the resale market, but in terms of the resale market, like if like let's say you just I keep it on my own ledger and I could put it on my website and say who owns it and you can trust that I have it. And frankly, you don't have to trust. We have this whole legal system in the right. federal government and the U.S. and the state governments right. and the cities where they're going to hold me accountable. I can't say I can't disappear right. on you. No, no, no. But I'm saying just what what this decentralization enables now is that just because I sold spookies to everybody, right? Like we had the spookies account. Um, what decentralize enables now, I don't have to rely on you to manage that ledger anymore, right? Like, DSO manages that ledger. If somebody else wants to build Spooky Land in, you know, Florida somewhere and wants to control access to Spooky Land based on who owns the Spooky, they can do that because they don't have to go through me to figure out who owns the Spooky. Right. So, so far, that's like I, I a know nice theoretical. I just don't see the right. practical application of that. Well, like the, the it's already only... happening. Like so, it's already happening. So, like Good, all tell these me. board ape yop clubs, you know, sort of NFTs that exist on sort of Ethereum world and things like that. People are already building access to communities based on the fact that you own one of those things. But it's got nothing to do with the board ape yop club people who put out the actual apes in the first place. Um, and so, so ah, yeah, it's okay. still a very limited use case right now because again, we're still figuring all of this stuff out. But the fact that you know somebody else can just go in and start building a community around somebody owning some somebody else's NFT is really interesting. And again, like I said, right now we're still kind of figuring out how that mechanism plays out in the real world in in terms of real commerce and and kind of real things that will happen in the future. But the fact that that technology exists now allows us to do those kind of things. And the fact that somebody airdropped somebody uh, a new NFT based on the fact that they owned a robot NFT already, right? Like that already happened independently of us. Like he didn't come, he but didn't I, have I to come to us But I don't see the benefit say, for them. I, I don't yet fully see the benefit for them beyond marketing. Here's where I do see a right. little bit of benefit in this, in a little bit of subversion. And maybe that's good. For example, Gary Vaynerchuk sells his NFTs and he's got his own crypto community. If somebody out there says, I want to piggyback off of Gary Vaynerchuk's audience and his credibility and build my own thing, they could very easily say, if you own a Gary Vaynerchuk NFT, you automatically get access to our Discord, you automatically get access to our events, and that way they get to seed their own events with his people and then upsell them on more. And that right. actually in some ways is a good thing that if you're a customer, you know that yes, you're you're getting the benefit from the person who you bought the benefit from, but you also are allowing yourself to some degree to be open to other people who are gonna offer you benefits because they wanna recruit you. Allowing yourself to be recruited. Yeah, and, and also, I mean like, 
the, the and you know this is it's all i mean we're talking about like physical structures and things like that in terms of like you having a space out in austin you know that like that, that that you know people would would be able to use more and more that's going to happen online right like there'll, there'll be places in the metaverse that you can just go hang out and and kind of things like that as well which which is going to introduce right. things a little bit more easily in terms of now that transferability of that token in terms of who owns that nft will allow you to have access to that particular space kind of sort of sort of online and that becomes a lot more interesting as well and now also the fact that i don't have to rely on you to to transfer that that nft to somebody else right like i don't have to rely on a centralized person to control that that kind of hedger as well I mean, I'm I'm there with you in terms of like, yeah, these are all like good hypothetical. We haven't figured it out. When we go into hypotheticals, when we go into hypotheticals where we don't trust the gatekeeper, it's not that I don't. It's it's not that I don't trust it, right? Like, it's just it's just that I don't have to rely on you to be there, right? Like, I just don't. I don't. I don't have to rely on anybody to be there. The blockchain is there, and that's really all I need. So far, we haven't seen a use case that makes it compelling enough. I think it's interesting. What we're doing is we're saying in theory something but we haven't yet come up with something that makes it work but i like how i'm saying i get a place in texas and then i let people stay at the place that's an one interesting thing you're taking it to some people don't want to fly to texas but they do want to have that company let's do it all virtually there's something in here that i that i like and i feel like we should be doing i don't know what it is i mean that did happen a little bit in like friends with benefits is a private discord that started up during the pandemic right like people were like locked in their houses um they they were trying to find ways to to hang out and meet with people but uh but they didn't want like an open place so they they so they created a uh, they created essentially an nft with 10 i think it was a thousand or maybe it was ten thousand uh friends with benefits tokens and anybody who owned the friends with benefits token could get access to the discord uh and so at the beginning they just handed out a few to some of their friends that they wanted to actually hang out with and then and then if other people wanted access to that particular discord they had to go buy the actual token itself and so again at the beginning it was really cheap right because it's just this this new thing that a few people knew about so they could purchase it um, and then over time, that group became more popular and more interesting. And so the price to get into it be- went up. So the people who were holding the sort of tokens originally now saw an increase in value of the tokens that they were holding. And they were able to resell those to give access to people as well. Mobs, you're freaking firing me up, dude. <laughs> this is well, unreal. I mean, that- yeah, that to me is the thing. This is this is why I show up every day on BitCloud. I think you know, there's just so much potential here. Right. And yes, it's all like pie in the sky. It's all like we're we're trying to hypothesize what, where this thing mm-hmm. might lead to, but but the number of things that it enables is just it's just mind. Right. That's where the exciting boggling. part is, and I, I never want to get to the place where I, where I am being cynical about it when I say no. I want to say no when I want to. St- like redirect it to something that gets me excited and more practical. But here's what I was thinking. Imagine if I do get a place and I say, you have to own this NFT in order to get access to the place. You pick the night. Here's what we're going to do on this property. I'm going to commit a handful of people to showing up. You don't know who's going to show up when. We're going to do the interviews in person for Mixergy, right? My main podcast. You get to hang out. They get to stay at the place. They're committing to staying at this place in Austin at some point. It's kind of like having a speaker come in. And 
you get to buy and you get to see, will it be valuable or not? And frankly, the fact that you own the NFT, you're going to want to make it more valuable by making sure right. that people do come to the event. And in between events, maybe what you do is you... um. Uh, you you create a discord and you help me make it so that there's more of a community feel between events, right? And so there's something here, dude. I don't know what it is, but there's something to this. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I I think this. Well, it, it goes back to this whole idea of like aligned incentives and shared incentives and things like that. And I think right now that's the problem with like Facebook and Twitter and those and Instagram and all of those. Not I'm not pointing out to Twitter and Facebook, but you know all the current social media platforms. There, there's not really an alignment of incentives in terms of the people on the platform. There's a there's there's somewhat of a shared. Uh, 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 incentive from the people using the platform people who are on the platform want to engage and they want to share posts and they want you know they want people to like their posts and all that kind of fun stuff but from the people running the platform there's there doesn't seem to be a, a, a clear alignment between the people running the platform and people on the platform in terms of how the money that is made is shared with the people who are actually on the platform as well and i think things that's, like and yeah that's true but I, I don't think that's the exciting part about a no. decentralized social network. I feel like what we're seeing here that's more exciting is more functionality and more freedom to create that you mobs yes. could create on top of this and feel like you have complete ownership of it and that they can't boot your app the way that Twitter booted other apps off their platform in the early right. days. But I think that's why there's that misalignment of incentives, uh, right? Like right, there's right, there's right. there's a reason for Twitter and Facebook to have that control right. and to keep a real tight control over the, your your information because if they control your information, they can control who's on the platform. They can kick off anybody whoever they want to when whenever they want to, as well. So now that things are a little bit more public, a little bit more on the blockchain, and there's more of alignment in terms of well, if you do well, you make more money because of your NFTs, because of you getting likes. On your post because you're getting diamonds on your post uh yes you you basically still have to pay to use the platform right like you have to pay a tiny fee to post you have to pay a tiny fee to like people like posts and to follow people you're paying to use the platform really small really small amounts but that's how it's funded right like you, you're not having to have your your eyeballs sold to ads so that there's funding for the you know for the actual platform as well and because the platform's paid for now when when people actually make money it's the people who are actually active on the platform and, and all those things and because there's no ownership right nobody owns your information it's a public on the blockchain um, now there is that portability that we're talking about as well. Like I love the fact, one of the things I love about Tiso and the fact and why I focused my initial few months on the platform was to like to grow a following as, as fast as I could was because that following now will carry with me wherever I go. Even if I stop using the bitclout.com node, if I start using the tgen.club node, or if I start using... Um, if I start using the Flick app, which has which may have its own node as well, all of those followers that I've got will go with me. It's not like I, I use Twitter and now if I stop using Twitter now I have to build a new uh, social right, following right. somewhere. It right? automatically so, comes on. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. Right. If if yes. I don't like BitClout as the way it's designed, the user experience, whatever, I can move over and my following does come over to these other platforms that you talked about because they're all feeding from the same thing. All right. Yes. That kind of makes me want to talk to you about one of your other projects. It's called WorkDon.app, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. I feel like w 
why are you building that on top of DSO? What you're trying to do is create like a LinkedIn using the same mechanics. Why do you need DSO for it? Why can't you just copy their software, create a brand new LinkedIn using the DSO, the DSO lessons, the DSO infrastructure, DSO software? Well, my, my idea was there's there's two bits to LinkedIn that I think are interesting. One is just like that history of the places that you've worked at. And and I, and I thought we could use something like an identity that you have on a blockchain to say the company I worked in has an identity. I have an identity and I can make a link between those to say I worked at this place and that place. So mm-hmm. we, we don't need DSO specifically for that. But in any blockchain, you could do that kind of thing. But what what one one of the other ideas that I have for for worked on is this idea of like a well let's say I worked at a particular company and somebody else worked at a particular company at the same time. What if somebody could vouch for the fact that I worked there and and how do you how do you put weight on that 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 person saying that somebody else worked at somewhere else? So I was saying well if on the DSO chain, people have a coin price. They have a creator coin price. Like if somebody's got a higher creator coin price and they vouched for me to say that I worked at this particular company, if somebody's coin price is higher and they vouch for me, does that does that does that vouching have a higher weighting, has a higher significance when somebody looks at my list of places that I worked at? Um, and so this idea of that you can you can vouch for the fact that somebody worked somewhere and now the the sort of d- 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 DSO chain becomes your reputation, your coin price and all that kind of fun stuff. And so you start building up social graph, not only is it of the place that you worked at, but also how how confident are you that I actually work there? And and based on, on people being able to vouch for the fact that you work there and based on their coin price, now you've got a really strong c- c- connection between all of those things. Because right, right now, if I went on LinkedIn and said, I worked at IBM in 19, you know, whatever, <laughs> Who says it's true or not, right? Like, I mean, who knows? But if I can, I don't think, I don't think that's a big problem. I don't think that there, strangely, there are not a lot of people who are saying that they worked at places that they didn't. And now that you mentioned it, I feel like that should be a bigger problem. Why aren't people faking it? But I'm glad that I'm glad that they're not. I think, um, I think the bigger challenge there is in communication that I don't want to hear from a putz because I'm, I'm. I'm a friend of theirs or something on there. And if you vouch for someone, I am more, not more likely. If you mob say, I vouch for this person, I'm going to want to talk to that person for sure, 100%, give them right. a, my phone number, whatever it is. It's the communication, I think, that's a bigger, that's a bigger risk. And which you can the vouching also could control. Help there. Which you can also control with the coin price, right? Like, I don't want to be contacted by anybody who's got a coin price less than $100, you know? Like, you can do things like that, too. Not that it's $100 specifically, but you've got to have some kind of tiering structure. Or is vouched right? for by so somebody new. who has that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you can do those kind of things based on the reputation and based on the creator coin score and a bunch of other factors as well. Like you can start building up a score based on how many followers people have, based on, you know, what their reach is and, and sort of things like that as well. But it's all public information that's on the chain, right? Again, the one of the problems with, with LinkedIn right now is like, you know, if you want to get any of that information that you put in that you want to get out of the platform, it's next to impossible because they just lock it down so so t- t- tightly. Right. If we're gonna put all this information onto the onto the blockchain somehow um i I know some people who are who are trying to do similar things in the ethereum space where you buy an nft which is like a a friendship nft between two people and so you can put onto the blockchain 
the fact that this per you know the fact that the two people own this same nft means that they're actually that they have a con connection of some kind as well so people are starting to experiment with how do we build social graphs in 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 the sort of blockchain world as well so i think it's really interesting and why do you need it to be built on top of bitcloud i guess because you want all the connections that are already on there you don't want to I don't want to have to rebuild the social graph. Yeah, I don't want to have to rebuild everybody's social graph again. Truthfully, though, <laughs> they don't have much of a social graph yet. Like they, yet. they have a very small one. <laughs> but yes, I see. But it, I because guess. you are a believe, you believe that DSO is going to figure it out. Well, and here's the thing: even if DSO doesn't figure it out, because the information on DSO is public, if somebody else came along with better technology, with better inf better structure, better management structure, better UI, they could quite easily and quite legally scrape all of the information that is in the DSO chain right. and use it to seed their new chain, what, whatever that happens to be. And so it's the portability of the information that to me is, is interesting. And the fact that we're spending time building that up now, I don't see it as a sunk cost, right? Like, all, all the effort that I've taken to build a following on Twitter and Facebook and all those places, that's a sunk cost. I can't get that out more than likely versus all the effort I'm putting into the DSO chain. I don't feel like that's a sunk cost. All right. I now want to shift to the part of the conversation where I think about what I should do, but I have to tell you, Mobs, all I think about is what if I buy land and create this like <laughs> entrepreneur nirvana and as long as you have an NFT, you get access to it. It just means that there's some degree I can't keep out knuckleheads just because they own the thing. They now have access, which is which is disappointing. Um, but there's something to that. It's like it's like pre-selling, almost like a Kickstarter of sorts. But on Kickstarter, you get what you get and you don't complain. With this, you get what you get, and if you're not happy with it, you can make it better by. By saying, Andrew, I don't like the guests who are coming. I think it needs to be a better set of guests. I, I don't like the way you're building it. I want more input into it because then it becomes more valuable for everyone if the, these NFTs can sell for more money. So what might be interesting for you is start thinking about things like what they call well, d d d d DAOs, which is basically kind of a management structure based on on ownership of particular uh coins and, and sort of nfts and things like so you could instead of selling an nft that gives people access you know gives people the ability to stay at these pl this place that you're building what you could do is you could basically sell um voting rights to to some of the choices that you have to make like who are you going to invite as a speaker like what if people uh. could vote based on the tokens that they own or the nft that they own um that yeah here's six potential speakers that might come and who gets to who gets to pick which one of those six actually comes up well why not let the community pick but who in the community well the people that own the nft or the people that own the dow token so you can involve the community in a way that gives them that gives them a say um, but they have to have, but they have to have um, a stake in there as well, right? It's not like anybody can just vote. But if if they've invested and and they think there's value long term, that they now uh, get to have a say as well. 
I have to think about this. This is usually I try to not think after these sessions, but in the <laughs> session, in the interview, say, we are going to do it, right? I think right. this, I need to think about it a little bit more. And maybe there's someone out there who's listening who's going to say, Andrew, I can help you do this, or we, we've got a direction. Or maybe I'm just wussing out by not following through. But how much would it cost to get land? How much would it cost to put some property on it? How much would it cost to create the kind of thing that Tony Shea, the founder of Zappos, set up for himself in Vegas <laughs> to say, we're creating that. Only a certain number of tickets where Tony can say, we're limiting who can come. We're going to be a little more open. All right. If not that, what's a good what's a good experiment for me? What's a good thing for me to do on DSO that would be interesting? What's... Let's think. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think you know, you've you've already started doing it, which I, I love. I mean, what you did with the NFT, I thought was really good uh, in terms of like you, you know, you sold advertising slots essentially, um, you know, through the sale of the NFT. Uh, you know, the, the sort of one, the one thing that you know, changes with the NFT is that you see all of the funds up front, right? Like, into you get that payment yeah. up front, and now yes. you have to now you have to keep paying back every every week. Yeah, you know, your 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 your, your little bit, which I think is interesting. Um, I think what would be interesting is um, why not let, you know, it might not work on Riverside, but why not let holders of your coin actually watch these live recordings? I don't know that there's enough people to jump in and do it. That there aren't enough people who are going to be available to show up at a certain time. What do you think? Right. No, I mean, it doesn't have to be a large community, right? Like, you, again, we're trying to find, like, what are what are reasons that somebody might want to hold your coin? Now, it might be it's mobs, right? Like, you know, is, is, is somebody going to change their schedule to go come, come watch me? But maybe you get, and maybe you get Elon Musk one day to come on your podcast, right? Like people are going to rearrange their schedules if they have your creator coin and they get to come and watch you interview Elon Musk. People are going to rearrange their, their schedules. So- Got it. So um, you're saying find a, a caliber of guest that will bring pe- almost bring people into BitClout to see just so we can do a thing that's public. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying it has to be you know, something like Elon Musk right now, but I'm saying but that would be a way to test this thing out, right? Like even, even if you said, look, we're going to do this thing on, we're going to stream it on YouTube, but you only get to watch if you hold, you know, one, one of Andrew Warner's coin so that's you know so you're only able to watch live maybe you're able to ask a question you know or something like that as well like actually engage with with the people who hold your coin as well and again you can you can control that you can you know at the beginning it could be you can just watch the sort of live record you don't have to wait for me to edit this down and push it out you get to watch it live because you're a coin holder uh, and it may not be a, a sort of huge number, but in many ways you don't want it to be a huge number, right? You want it to be somewhat exclusive. You want it to be uh, something that, you know, your top 10 coin holders. And so people will buy more of your coins so they can be in the top <laughs> 10 so they can watch these live these live rec- rec- recordings. And, and like I said, they may not come every week because it depends on who you're interviewing, right? In some, some cases, people are well, I don't really, you know, I'll, I'll wait for the recording to, to kind of watch that one versus, versus I want to watch it live. So, but I think that's, that's also the interesting thing of, you know, making sure you've got a good mix of people who are following you and holding your coin because then you'll get that, that kind of, that mixed kind of audience as well. I kind of want to do something that, so I'm not finding that there's enough of a demand for doing for being there live and enough of an audience, mm-hmm. frankly, on BitClout where a small percentage of them can matter for coming to live. I kind of right. like this idea of experimenting with NFTs and real world benefits. Like right. I, I, I almost like the idea of 
this is this is silly, but baking cookies, you buy the NFT of the cookie. Or if I've got my book that's coming mm -hmm. out, stop asking questions. It's instead of a signed autograph copy, it's if you if you want this, the the signed autograph copy, you buy the SNFT and I will mail it to you wherever you are in the world or something like that. What do you have so there? I, I like that you went off to get something. <laughs> so I bought a uh, I bought a NFT uh, on the BitCloud chain, um, but it was not just an NFT. I actually got I actually got the physical T-shirt, which is so I got the picture, I got the NFT, I own yes. the NFT, and they actually sent me, they printed it on a T-shirt and sent me the T-shirt as well. <laughs> I like that a lot, that you now, yeah. whatever's in the real world is connected to the online world. Yes. So yep. sell a thing and then have the, the, the fact that people online could see it. The example that I keep coming back to is my wife fell in love with me partially because she came to a party at my house, looked at my bookshelf and saw tons of books, knew that I was a reader like her, saw the types of books I was reading and there was a connection to that. Um, and obviously, you know, with Goodreads, we've had that in the world, online world before, but there's something about this NFT version that makes it interesting, that it's all collectible. I don't know. What do you think of that? You How about could, I try that? You could even, like, I mean, I know some people like like particular episodes and things like that, but it would be interesting that, you know, just get just like you get, like, a signed copy of a book, it would be interesting if... If I, I don't know, people don't listen to CDs anymore. But I was like, could you could you take a podcast episode, put it onto a thumb drive, sign it somehow, and send it to people? Who, if they owned, if you could sell it as an NFT, like would somebody have that like official signed version of the of the podcast episode as well? Ooh. Okay. So so they would I, buy the NFT, and then you you could physically mail them something that had you know you, like I said you you could sign it, and you know you, you can make it you can make it quite presentable. Doesn't as well. feel like there's enough of a utility in that, but I I kind of what I was starting to think about as you said that can I just turn Mob's interview into a record, sure, and then mail it out to whoever has it, and then they have the record as the ownership. That's the what I was going to say that too, but I was like, no listen to records anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want but, uh, I want something that's kind of like what we discussed with it's like the real world you get access to this place if you own right. if you own the NFT there's I, I love that idea I keep coming back to that that idea of I get this spot if you want it here's how it works the I have a place in San Francisco if you want to live in the if you want to stay in the apartment you need to have the NFT that's just the problem with that is that Airbnb still gives us a whole lot more flexibility and a whole lot more right. manageability. Like they get, they give you as a buyer much more than just the the infrastructure and the payment. They give you the security. They give you the cleanliness. They give you all kinds of other stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it. it's, just, it's hard because I mean, obviously, something like that is going to take a long time to do, right? Like, I mean, you've got you've got to buy the place you've got to figure out the sort of you know the mechanics of all of that kind of stuff too so the you know the sort of things that you're outlining is it's it is sure is interesting but then but you also have like you said like the management of that how do you run it how do you maintain it and all that kind of fun stuff too but you know like something that you could do in the short you know i always like to think oh, what can i do now while while yeah. I'm still working out all the sort of other stuff and and so obviously yeah i you know i i think it's cool to do things 
even when the audience isn't there kind of like i mean because obviously you know i built all of these apps and things and yeah i mean there's only a few thousand people on bitcloud right now and so how many people are going to have seen the things that i built only a few thousand people are going to have seen the things that i built but but and it goes back to the but if things become more interesting more you know if if this thing takes hold those first few things that people did you know now have some some kind of historical significance and i think for something like the podcast like you said you have a habit of like doing them for for years and years and years the fact that somebody has a signed copy of a podcast episode from 2021 when it's 2025 now both not only do you have the NFT version of that that they can buy and resell, but they also have the physical version of that as well. I think, you know, that's, that's, that's almost like Carrie V selling his NFTs online, but then going to Sotheby's and selling his sketches for millions of dollars as well. So, um, so it, it's kind of a mixture of this is the NFT, but it's also like the physical thing as well. Because I was kind of shocked that he sold his his sketches as well as selling his nfts i thought that was i mean i was like surely you sell one or the other but no i guess it's carry v and he does whatever he wants to <laughs> i do like I, I didn't realize that he did that i like that he did that all right it would cost me a hundred bucks i think to turn this interview into a record you're saying try selling this as a record and people need to buy the nft of it the yeah. NFT as a record. Where are you? Where in the world are you? I'm in New York. All right. So maybe I could get it to you in New York. You sign the record. We send it over to people and it's the one vinyl and they have to buy. No, but you know what? This is this is gimmicky. It's not. Or maybe I'm being too silly <laughs> to care about that. It feels gimmicky. It doesn't feel like it's the utility. Uh, I think like, like you said, like you said though earlier, like, you know, people have bought all these spookies and they spent 75 bucks on a spooky, right? Where's the utility in a spooky? <laughs> you're, you're mentioning it where it's like you get access to this community. You get to be part of like something you're building, you're, you're building it. They're paying for what I think in the future will be me something meaningful. But I, I think for you though, I mean, I think, I think for you, the value is collectible in terms of the p podcast right i mean the fact that they now have something that is a unique one-off of a you know episode 10 or 12 or whatever this is of of the bitcloud jam when there's going to be a thousand episodes someday somebody says they own episode 10 uh, there's there's that collectible attribute that i think that people seem to forget like people i mean i know when i was young i collected stickers and cards and things like that and people collected baseball cards for years as well i mean although we like things that have utility the fact that things are collectible and we just like to have them is something that's going to exist it has existed for hundreds of years and will continue to i think exist you're right years as well I've, i think in my mind i considered collectibles to be a bad habit at some point after <laughs> collecting a lot i said i have to break myself of it and i will not allow myself to collect anymore because i I'm just packing my room full of stuff that I'm hoping one day will be valuable where why don't I just spend my money on stocks and then that would but be more valuable. But that's, but, but that's the value of the NFT, right? You can collect things without it taking up any room on your shelf at all. 
that's true right that is what i that's the one thing that i really like about it that it gets me gets me the benefit of collectibles with all right you know what screw it i'm overthinking it here's what we do i needs to look nice we create a vinyl version of this it's gonna have to be like a two record or three record set of this one interview somebody has to buy it i don't know that we're gonna autograph it but that's gonna be a pain in the ass to create but we sell this is a good idea, I mean, though. You know what? I mean, uh, honestly, uh, I think record players are quite cheap on Amazon. You can probably get one for like 30, 40 bucks anyway. You can sell both the record and the record player as a combo. Because <laughs> I don't right, know how so many people actually... are going to have record players. <laughs> but I, I oh, it's funny you know me, I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go back on on some design site. I'm going to have to have someone design the cover of this. I'm going to have to have the <laughs> The whole thing. I'm going to get carried away in, for hours with this one but stupid in, project. But in theory, it's, you know, the same cover could be used for every episode, right? Just, just you know, just change my picture yeah. in, in some spot of it. So hopefully it's just a one-off thing that you would have to do that. And actually, it's funny because my daughter actually learned to play a guitar. And so she has a record player. I don't have one anymore. So if if this was on offer, I would probably try and snap it up. All right. You know what? How about this? How about we just try it out, and if we get a minimum purchase, then it's no, it can't be about money. It you has can to set be a minimum bid, enjoy. though. You can set a minimum bid. Yeah, it has to just be something that's meaningful. Does do people get excited about it enough about it that right. they want to own the record? And that's the idea. Can we create a record of this? And freaking a. All right, I I think it's a stupid <laughs> idea, but I'm gonna follow through on the stupid idea. We're gonna try to create a record of this interview, and we're gonna mail it to awesome. somebody's house. And then they get the NFT that shows it. But really, the one, one idea that I'm more excited about is, can we do something that's more in the real world based on NFTs, where you get some kind of shocking value that improves if you improve it in the real world? I, I think I never thought I would hear my voice on final. So if this happens, this was, this, was, this was amazing. Basically, this is me trying to sell it to you. I'm going to see if Mubs will buy his own record to play on his daughter's record player. <laughs> And if I could uh-huh. not get carried away with doing it, it'll right. be it'll be interesting to see if there is a big, big heading war for this for this record. It will be a very interesting NFT auction if that happens. <laughs> it's gonna be a pretty stupid thing. I don't know if it's gonna get signed, but it will be mailed. All right, I'm gonna well, figure out how to do it. If it comes to me, I will sign it myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and it doesn't get transferred over, right? Whoever buys it just owns the thing, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, part of the part. So part of what you can do with BitClub NFTs, you can have the unlockable text, right? So uh, part of that would be here's the instructions to mail the first, you know, to mail it. But you, that's you it. Go, only the first person gets it. Only the first person it, gets it. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, it's, it's it, it actually it's up to the person who resells it at that point, right? If they wanted to say you bought the NFT, I will mail you the the, the sort of <laughs> right, right. I I will mail you the the the, the actual r- record as well. Then that's up to the person who kind of re, re, resells it at that point as well. Okay. All right, mobs. I, I I'm going to say this. This is a stupid idea, but stupid <laughs> ideas end up creating great ideas. I like what I like about this is that it. It marries the offline and the online world, which I really want to do. What I don't like about it is I'm going to get sucked into hours, I know me, <laughs> of designing a freaking record, being unhappy with the record company that does this, and then going for five others until I either exhaust myself and piss off everyone in my, my world. My wife's going to say, why do we not have a house here? Because you're spending more time on a record than you are on looking at, at Zillow. 
but I, but I, I'm willing to do it. I, I like that this is a creative process. Awesome. awesome. All right, mubs. I freaking love you. We've talked before, but never like this. This is the thing that I'm really most excited about. That you've opened my eyes to the possibility that we we're seeing more ideas come come to me through this conversation. I hope it's as useful to the audience as it is for me. People, if you're listening to this, I want to hear from you. Let me know. I'm Andrew at Mixergy.com. Don't even bother using the messaging app on on BitCloud because, frankly, I'm not going to even see the freaking message until a week later. But I will, unfortunately, get my get my email. And I freaking hate email, but I will be checking email. Andrew at Mixergy.com. Please tell me if you're listening. Tell me what you think. And give me some more feedback and insight. Mubs, thank you so much for this. Oh, no, th- thanks. For, I mean, it's fun to have these conversations because as much as I experiment and play and, and kind of try and learn, you know, having having somebody to like actually b- b- bounce ideas off of is, is, is really helpful. So, yeah, this was a lot of fun for f- f- me as well. This creative idea generation, yeah. I love. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. It's been a couple of days since I recorded the podcast episode that you just heard, and I've given this a lot of thought. I actually do not think that a vinyl record NFT is the progress that I need here in this uh, DSO space, but I still am going to do it because we said we're going to do it, and I'm curious about the process of creating a vinyl record. But more importantly, in order to pay for the vinyl record, I need to get cash. And so what I'm going to do is use this as an opportunity to convert some of my DSO into US dollars and then use those dollars to buy a vinyl record. And then, yes, I will put that um, as an NFT and we'll make it available to anyone who wants to buy it on the DSO platform. So there's my little mission for this episode. Follow me on DSO, BitCloud, all the other networks that feed in and feed off of that platform and you'll see how it goes.